Everything's gone. We're just absolutely devastated. A daycare in Maple Ridge, just one of the victims of a storm that tore through the area. Plus. Basically, they shouldn't have been up there, period. Why North Shore Rescue says two unprepared hikers are lucky to be alive tonight. And. It was a very close encounter. Perhaps a little too close for a group who came across a grizzly bear in Whistler. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, I'm Colleen Christie. Thanks for joining us. Sonia is off tonight and we begin with breaking news. A search is underway for a missing airplane with two people on board. Nitu Garcha joins us with more. Nitu. Colleen, the small Chilliwack-bound aircraft disappeared from the radar somewhere in BC's interior. The private plane had taken off from Edmonton and failed to land in Chilliwack as scheduled. The Joint Rescue Coordination Centre says it was notified around 2 p.m. yesterday. A total of nine rescue aircraft are now focusing on a corridor along Highway 5 between Chilliwack and Valmont based on details from the pilot's flight plan plus cell tower and radar information. A search plane and helicopter were dispatched Friday. This morning, seven aircraft from the Volunteer Civil Aviation Association joined the effort to find the missing plane. JRCC does say a low cloud ceiling in some parts of the area is hampering the search. The identities of the pilot and passenger have not been released. We'll, of course, continue following this story and bring you the latest when we have it. Colleen, back to you. All right, thanks for that, me too. Now to the wild, excuse me, wild weather that parts of Metro Vancouver have been seeing. An intense thunderstorm swept through Maple Ridge last night, bringing with it hail and flash floods. As Julia Foy reports, the storm was so intense, the local homeless tent city was flooded, streets were overwhelmed, and a daycare center is now in ruins. I'm going to get emotional because it really hits me that time. Sorry. Trish Salisbury is moved to tears because she doesn't know how Ridge Meadows Child Development Centre will continue to help hundreds of little ones after the facility was flooded Friday afternoon. They are going to have a hiccup as much as we try to keep it going smooth. There will be a hiccup. A severe thunderstorm stalled over Maple Ridge, dumping heavy rain and hail on the community. Roads were turned into rivers and drainage systems started backing up and overflowing inside several businesses in the area, including the Child Development Centre and the adjacent Start Smart Child Care Centre. These are all going to have to be replaced in here as well, all the cribs and some of the mattresses that were on the floor. Over 180 children between 8 months and 12 years use this daycare. But come Monday morning, they will have nowhere to go. It's devastating. This is like 10 years. Just to know that the little kiddos aren't going to be able to come in here Monday morning is just, where do you go? Look at this. That's what happens. Down the road at Anita's place, a homeless camp, residents had to be evacuated to a recreation centre when the storm hit. Those that returned found their belongings under several centimetres of hail and mud. Five minutes this was flooded, the whole thing, right to the top. Restoration companies are busy cleaning up and assessing damage all over town. Butch Hart's repair shop lost boxes of electrical components when water started coming under his front and back doors. Still pointing, yelling and screaming, nobody's going to listen anyhow. Four 
buckets full of this. Next door, oh. Rob Meloff worked for hours Friday night to rescue his t-shirt orders. I've never seen it rain that hard or hail that hard ever in my whole life. We can shake the wall, right? That's, that's wet. Back at the Child Care and Child Development Center, floodwaters have contaminated carpets, soft materials, and seeped into the walls. Staff are desperate to find a new temporary home while repairs can be made. Be nice if anybody has any ideas on where we can take these children um, and be able to run our services. This is going to be a significant hit to this agency. We would really appreciate it, and, and so would our kids. Julia Foy, Global News. Such a shame. And for more on that, storm meteorologist Yvonne Shell joins us. Yvonne. Thanks, Colleen, and good evening, everyone. Here's a shot of a radar that was taken by Environment Canada yesterday. We can see the bullseye, and what we did see is a thunderstorm, a cell that popped up, and it was stalled over the area, anywhere between two to three hours, and areas near Maple Ridge saw the totals up to 19 millimeters, and that was taken in a two-hour period, and the hail was also a big concern. Here's a shot that Tara took yesterday of what it looked like in Maple Ridge, and pea-sized hail that was also clogging up uh, many of the areas. Let's see if this will advance, but that's okay. There we go. There's the pea-sized hail that was also taken. Thank you so much for sending that in. We did see a band of rain, and I've taken this satellite and radar over the past six hours. This afternoon, areas near Maple Ridge, or Pitt Meadows, rather, saw up to 18 millimeters. Surrey saw 8 millimeters in an hour. So we did have a band of moisture that pushed its way in. We do have some instability to talk about once again for tomorrow. I'll have more on that coming up shortly. Colleen? All right. Thanks for that, Yvonne. For the second time this week, a pair of hikers had to be rescued from the North Shore Mountains. They were supposed to go for the day to Lynn Canyon, but ended up lost in the backcountry all night. They were completely unprepared, and as Nadia Stewart tells us, they were also dangerously unaware of the risks they were facing. They are the latest set of hikers relieved to have been rescued from the North Shore Mountains. A pair of middle-aged women, one from Richmond, the other from Shanghai, who'd never ventured into the mountains before. I lost the way, and then we're just just walking, walking. They initially began their trip on Friday, arriving by bus from Richmond for what was supposed to be a day trip at the Lynn Canyon Suspension Bridge. Somehow, I don't know how, they ended up on uh, top of a mountain. The women were found on the trail to Coliseum Peak. The suspension bridge is at an elevation of 150 meters. They made it up to 1,100 meters, wearing sneakers, carrying an umbrella, spending an unexpected night in the woods. Their only saving grace, a cell phone ping. We got several pings, putting them on Bishop Mountain, putting them in Surrey, and uh, finally we had them located up uh, above Norvan Falls and away to Coliseum Peak. <laughs> Clearly, this pair simply got lost. Yes, I'm very happy to see them. But they were also dangerously unaware of just how great a risk they were in. Just last year, another hiker, Carl Couture, went missing not far from where they were found. He was in the same area um, just at dusk, same situation as them, but uh, he didn't have cell phone coverage and he's never been seen since. North Shore Rescue stressing the need for planning and preparedness, especially when situations like this one can so easily be avoided. If you're hiking uphill for four hours, you can't continue hiking uphill to get back to your car. You're going to have to, common sense would tell you, you're going to have to turn around and start going downhill. Uh, Somehow they missed that point. Nadia Stork, Global News. 
Vancouver police arrested a suspect this morning after he crashed his vehicle into a store. The driver of this blue pickup with Oregon plates smashed into a storefront on West 10th near Alma Street after trying to evade VPD officers. Police were helping Surrey RCMP arrest an alleged border jumper who had fled their officers. The man in his 20s was arrested after colliding with a civilian vehicle before crashing into the empty store. The 32-year-old driver of the other vehicle escaped with just minor injuries. The VPD will be recommending charges of dangerous driving and causing a police pursuit. We got our glass smashed out, our bars got bent. I think actually the I'm not sure the vehicle hit our building. I think he hit the parking meter and it flew into the window. Looks like it smashed our window. A lot of glass in the store, but no one was hurt. It happened about half an hour before we got here. So we rolled up on it and it was a bit of a surprise, shock in the morning, but everyone's okay, so. A woman has been killed in a collision in Chilliwack this morning. A car and an SUV crashed head-on at Vetter Mountain Road at Giesbrecht Road just after 8.30. The female driver of the car died at the scene. Two people in the SUV suffered minor injuries. RCMP are still investigating. Now, it was raining at the time, but it's unclear if weather was a factor in the crash. A warning from University RCMP for UBC students living in residence. A man allegedly exposed himself inside a women's washroom on campus Thursday night. Police were called to a residence on the lower mall after two women encountered the man they say was naked. Despite extensive patrols, the suspect was not found. He is described as being South Asian or Middle Eastern with darker skin and in his 30s to early 40s. The actions of an officer in Kamloops are under scrutiny this weekend. The province's police watchdog, watchdog that is, is investigating an officer-involved shooting in the city yesterday that left one man dead. Kristen Robinson has more. RCMP turning traffic around on rural Rose Hill Road after a police check on a man here turned deadly. It's unfortunate that it happened. The residents of this neighborhood south of Kamloops stick together. You rely on locked doors and dogs and, and neighbors. That's why Scott Karpiak called his neighbor when he spotted a suspicious vehicle parked on the side of the road Friday afternoon and two RCMP officers chatting with the person inside. I was asking my neighbor to close my gate uh, for the evening and when my neighbor stepped out of their home, they heard gunfire and told me so. Karpiak went back to the scene to offer first aid. The individual I asked when I returned says they didn't need any medical assistance. There was a lot of police cars coming in hot, so I just parked it in the ditch and went on foot from there. I counted 22 police vehicles, uh, one fire truck, two ambulance. BC's police watchdog says Kamloops RCMP received a call around 4.30 p.m. about a suspicious and possibly impaired man last seen near a camper trailer three kilometers past the Rose Hill subdivision. Upon arrival shortly after 5 uh, p.m., there was a reported exchange of gunfire. Um, as a result of that, the um, RCMP members present um, backtracked somewhat. An RCMP chopper flew over the area, while neighbours say police scoured outbuildings in their search for the man. It, it's very scary. An hour and a half later, police confirmed he was dead. The Independent Investigations Office called in to probe what happened. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
Vancouver police are investigating a report of an alleged assault outside of provincial court yesterday where the suspect in the murder of Marissa Shen made a court appearance. It's believed to be connected to an incident involving a protester who was seen arguing with other demonstrators. Laura Lynn Thompson said on social media that she had filed a police report alleging she had coffee thrown at her. Federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh is now officially running in the upcoming by-election in Burnaby. He made it official at the party's Burnaby South nomination meeting this afternoon. Singh has just wrapped up a three-day caucus retreat in Surrey amid criticism about weak fundraising and his decision to oust a Regina MP over harassment complaints. He told the crowd today his focus will be on creating an affordable housing strategy, reducing the cost of prescription drugs, and fighting climate change. Well, I'm looking forward to a by-election being called as quickly as possible. There are folks here in Burnaby South, but across Canada there's a number of by-elections where people deserve to have representation. And I'm looking forward to that being called soon so that we can continue to do our work to put pressure on this Liberal government to deliver what people need. Bear warnings are up across many parts of Whistler Alpine tonight. More people are encountering grizzlies right now. And as Jill Bennett reports, four hikers in the area had a frightening confrontation with one yesterday. There are still people enjoying the trails in the Whistler Alpine, despite a warning going up about a dangerous encounter with a grizzly bear and two hikers near Rainbow Lake. They were on a rock, the grizzly approached them. Uh, they tried to make some noise, use an air horn, throw some rocks. Uh, the bear eventually um, approached them very, very close and uh, eventually turned around. And when it was safe for them, they managed to uh, walk away from the area. While grizzlies are a common scene in many parts of the province, there have been more sightings in and around Whistler and Squamish this year. Grizzly bear, baby like this one on the Ilaho River in July, where a bear came swimming at a kayaker. I can confirm that uh, the, the other bears that, were, um, that people encountered a few weeks ago in a different area uh, is a different bear than uh, the one involved yesterday. Several trails in the area have now been closed and warnings have been posted about the bear encounters. It doesn't make me afraid, you know, I think it's just good to honor when the bear is in the area and stay clear and let it roam as it, as it pleases. Just like in the oceans in Australia, if you go swimming, the great whites are there, you take that risk and I see it's the same here in Canada. If you go hiking in a forest, there's a risk that you're going to come across a bear. Be aware of your surrounding and uh, carry bear spray, make a lot of noise as you hike, so usually bears might move on. The warnings will stay up until the bears head to their dens for the winter. Depending on the weather, that could be another month or two. Jill Bennett, Global News. U.S. researchers have ended their active search for Orca J50, but the Canadians aren't giving up quite yet. After two days of searching, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says its team of researchers and marine biologists haven't given up, but the Department of F has given up rather. But the Department of Fisheries and Oceans says its team is still looking for any sign of the orca. The nearly four-year-old emaciated southern resident killer whale hasn't been seen for the last week. A scientist with the Center for Whale Research declared her dead on Thursday, but NOAA and the DFO remain hopeful. 
Dozens volunteered today to pick up plastics from our shores, including at Iona Beach Park in Richmond. Over the past 25 years, participants of the Canadian Shoreline Cleanup have cleaned nearly 34,000 kilometers of shoreline, picking up nearly 1.3 million kilometers, or kilograms that should be, of garbage, preventing it from entering the water. I'm thinking that's a, the number is probably a little bit bigger than that. Uh, Federal Environment Minister Catherine McKenna was there to help mark International Coastal Cleanup Day. Next week, uh, we have our G7 meeting. It's focused on oceans. And we have a plastics charter that really addresses uh, the problem of plastics in the ocean from the very beginning, which is, you know, single-use plastics. Good work by all who volunteered. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mary, I'm feeling too tall. <laughs> You're making me feel short. There, that's better. Uh, there there you go. Go. I need to, I, I need to be more, more of Yvonne's size. Shimmy down a bit. Yvonne, is, it's been such a long time since Yvonne's been in the studio. Yes. She's been on location all yes. summer, so it's yeah. good to have her back. The Kidding. colder weather gets me back in. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been out and about. Uh, last week it was cold and wet. This week it's similar. We had Skookum last weekend. And uh, this weekend, if you're making plans for the latter half on Sunday, we're still going to see more moisture. I wanted to show you the recent or the latest satellite and radar. The next band of rain already pushing in across the island. Lots of instability could kick up as early as the morning hours with the risk of thunderstorms. We'll have more on that coming up very shortly. And a few spots across the province also tracking the potential for snow, especially oh. higher elevations. And I've got a viewer photo that sent me some snow across the province today. So I'll show you who was so lucky to oh see my that. Goodness. The white no. stuff. Hail last night's snow. <laughs> now. Oh my goodness. All right, apart. Barry. Give us some good news, uh, will you? Okay, well, Whitecaps are playing real well, and uh, they got a huge game tonight against uh, Seattle Sounders, so we'll prep that. Take a look back at the Lions win. Both the Whitecaps and Lions right on the edge of getting into the playoffs, so it's a fun time of year for uh, Vancouver sports fans, and we'll check in with the Canucks. All sorts of hopefulness going on mm -hmm. there at training camp in uh, Whistler. We'll talk to the one guy in the Canucks who's got a Stanley Cup ring. Awesome. There is a guy. Not with there, the Canucks, There is of a course. guy. <laughs> no, He's no. got one. All right. <laughs> Thank you. It is going to be another long night for people in the Carolinas. Tropical storm Florence continues to batter the coast, and it's being blamed now for at least 11 deaths. Nearly one, nearly one million people are without power right now. Florence continuing to creep slowly along the Carolina coast, dumping a huge amount of rain as it moves inland. The combination of downed hydro wires, fallen debris, and rising floodwaters is making it extremely dangerous. The U.S. National Weather Service now says the worst flooding will likely start tonight or tomorrow morning. Global's Jackson Prosco has more from North Carolina. Well, tonight there are warnings that the storm may be more dangerous now than when it first made landfall. Across the Carolinas, millions of people are being told to brace for catastrophic flooding, as though they haven't already been through enough. More than a million people are still without power after Florence made landfall on Friday. And even though the winds have died down, the storm is only moving at a walking pace. It's essentially sucking up all the moisture in the ocean and pointing it like a fire hose at this region. Cities like New Bern have seen hundreds of people rescued by boat, and there are hundreds more still looking for help. Tonight, new communities in the storm's path have seen mandatory evacuation orders issued with dire warnings for people to get out now while they still can. At least six deaths across the region have been blamed on this storm. The deaths include a mother and infant crushed by a tree that fell through their home and other people electrocuted while trying to start generators in the storm. 
The job of cleaning up continues in places like Wilmington, but relief efforts are hampered by the fact that the storm simply isn't going away. In fact, it's only moving at a walking pace, meaning that the worst is still yet to come for millions, and Florence may last for days more. Jackson Prosco, Global News in North Carolina. In the Philippines, Typhoon Mangud has left a path of devastation in its wake. Now, as it heads towards Hong Kong and southern China, people are getting a first-hand look at the true impact of this deadly storm. This northern tip of the Philippines was slammed when Mangkut made landfall. We drove north into the storm zone today. We saw trees down, electricity lines down, rooftops on gas stations that have been peeled back by the 100-mile-per-hour winds. Officials we talked to had the same concern. They just didn't know the extent of the damage because communication lines are down pretty much across the island. They couldn't contact their own people to know what had happened. The concern, of course, was that such a powerful storm could bring the sort of devastation that Typhoon Haiyan brought five years ago. There are reports of casualties. At least 12 people have been reported killed as this storm now moves uh, barrels across Asia toward Hong Kong and southern China, where millions more are at high alert. Janice Mackey-Frayer, NBC News, Santiago, the Philippines. A man boogie boarding off the coast of Cape Cod has been killed by a shark. It's the first fatal shark attack in Massachusetts in more than 80 years. On a perfect late summer day, the news every ocean swimmer fears. At this time, have a report of an unknown shark bite. People started screaming shark and running up to get everybody else out of the water. A 26-year-old man on a boogie board attacked some 300 yards south of Wellfleet's Newcomb Hollow Beach, part of the Cape Cod National Seashore. Just a giant eruption of water, like 15 foot wide, and just it looked like I saw a tail and a lot of thrashing. Beachgoers say they did everything they could to help the man. There were uh, half a dozen people trying to stop the bleeding with towels and the uh, I guess the cord from the boogie board. The National Park Service says the victim was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. This is the second shark attack this summer off the waters of Cape Cod and the first fatal attack in Massachusetts since 1936. It was liftoff this morning for NASA's latest rocket launch. Three, two, one. Liftoff of the final Delta II launching near this NASA satellite is designed to precisely measure changes in the Earth's ice sheets, glaciers, sea ice, and vegetation. The Delta II rocket carrying NASA's first and incredibly precise space laser lifted off and headed over the Pacific Ocean. This mission in particular will advance knowledge of how the ice sheets of Greenland and Antarctica are contributing to rising sea levels. In Health Matters, playing the drums could help children with autism learn in the classroom. Researchers in the UK studied a program that offered drumming lessons for kids with autism. They found that drumming for just an hour a week helped improve their concentration and ability to follow instructions. It also enhanced their social interactions with their peers and school staff. Experts believe drumming provides a unique blend of physical activity, coordination, and musicality, which are beneficial to their well-being. 
Okay, just when you thought our weather was bad. It is still summer, keep that in mind, but it doesn't feel that way in Edmonton. Have a look at this. Snow has blanketed the city since Wednesday. The wet, cold, snowy conditions have meant changes to a number of outdoor events planned in the city, and many people have been forced to bring out their winter clothes from storage. The worst is still not behind them either. More flurries are expected this weekend. Yvonne, there ought to be a law. Yeah. That's just not fair. No, it's not. But then those are the cases for us across the South Coast, so we should be happy to have rain rather right. than snow. So that's what we've got, and that's what's serving up this weekend. Uh, still have another round of rain. Right now there is a dry patch. We can see that on the satellite and radar. But in behind it, this next wave of moisture is going to push in. It'll be heavier at times overnight and for your Sunday morning. If you're heading out early tomorrow morning, we're even looking at the risk of thunderstorms. A quick update on uh, Typhoon Mangoot. We are seeing it tracking with the winds now over 100 kilometers per hour. And it is moving at a northwesterly speed at 26 kilometers per hour. And that wind just topping over 165 kilometers. It's wrecked havoc on the Philippines, and now it's pushing its way towards Hong Kong and southern China. Here's a glance back locally, though. Temperatures today have been cooler, only 16 as the high. Average for this time of the year, up to 20 degrees, and a record of 26 degrees was set back in 1951. 13 as the high for areas near Williams Lake. The Peace at 5, areas near Prince Rupert at 5 degrees. Current temperatures for Nelson sitting at 16, Whistler at 10, and Tofino with your current temperature at 3. We've got waves of moisture across the south coast. Instability still for this evening. Interior sections for the central interior, heavy bounds of rain and pushing into areas near the Thompson and Revelstoke, looking at the risk of thunderstorms still for the early evening hours. As we fast forward tomorrow, future cast into play, the heaviest round of rain will be for the morning hours. It tapers off across the south coast and for the afternoon, interior sections will also see the risk of thunderstorms once again. I forgot to include a photo, but I wanted to show Burns Lake today is where we did see some snowfall. So thanks for sending in that photo. The piece uh, for tomorrow overnight and for the early morning hours, we're looking at flurries changing to showers and up to two centimeters. A few flurries for Monday and on Tuesday with plenty of sunshine. It rebounds very nicely. White Horse three-day forecast, sunny and dry with temperatures ranging between 10 and 13 degrees. Coastal sections also seeing a nice break, closer to seasonal values. Overnight tonight, down to 7 along the coast. Caribou and Central Interior looking at a few flurries potentially for the morning hours. Changing over to showers, temperatures will be at 9 and close to the freezing mark overnight. Columbia and Kootenai region, a risk of a thunderstorm will be for the early afternoon tomorrow. 14 as the high, a much drier day for both Monday and Tuesday, early into next week. Thompson, Okanagan, a risk of a thunderstorm at 15 degrees. Monday still remaining unsettled and then sunshine and dry conditions for Tuesday. Whistler will see that instability. It'll be for the early morning hours, 11 as the high, 12 with on and off showers on Monday. Sunshine for your Tuesday with drier conditions and along the island, right along the northern and central sections will be included within that. Risk of a thunderstorm, we will see that overnight and for the early morning hours, similar for Metro Vancouver. A cool day tomorrow. Be prepared only a high 15 degrees on and off showers for Monday. It's been a while, but on Tuesday, I anticipate that we'll see some sunny breaks and temperatures will warm up to 18 degrees. Colleen? A little glimmer of hope. All right. Thanks, Yvonne. A major push is on this weekend to help stock food bank shelves right across Metro Vancouver. The Greater Vancouver 
Food Bank is hosting its annual citywide food drive at various Save On Foods locations. Ahead of Thanksgiving, the Food Bank is asking for your help to donate nutritious, non-perishable food items such as hearty soups, canned fish, and whole wheat pasta. You can also donate online. It's easy to do. Log on to foodbank.bc.ca slash citywide. More than 3,000 runners took over the streets of downtown Vancouver today for the annual Eastside 10K. Some of the country's top distance runners were among the athletes who started out the race at the Woodwards building. Funds raised by the run will support local charities, including the downtown Eastside Women's Shelter and the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. This is a homegrown race. It's like 95% Vancouver runners that come and race in this race. It's grown significantly over the last few years just because it's become one of the most popular races in Vancouver. Um, you don't get the opportunity to run through Gastown on closed streets very often, so it's, uh, it's pretty special. To a much more daring competition in the UK, some of the world's top mountain bikers were competing in one of the toughest downhill races, the Red Bull Hardline. Oh, that's huge. Wow. One of the competitors took a GoPro on his practice run, giving us a look at what it's like to compete in this hair-raising descent. The rugged course in Wales combines tricky technical downhill features with huge freeride-style jumps. The final leap, which is the biggest jump ever at Red Bull Hardline, will see riders travel 65 feet as they speed towards the finish line. That, just to give you some perspective, that's the equivalent of the height of four double-decker buses. Okay, so I'm going to guess the roof is closed tonight. Uh, you think? I, would, I would think it might be a little more comfortable for yeah, the fans and the safe. players to, to uh, have a nice controlled environment. Yeah. Big, big game tonight. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks very much. Uh, officially, the MLS playoffs don't start until late October, but tonight's Whitecaps Sounders showdown will go a long way in determining if the Caps even get into the playoffs. Vancouver begins the night a point behind Seattle for the final playoff spot. Both teams are in fine form. The Sounders have won eight in a row. Vancouver, four wins, two draws in their last six. The Caps know they need to keep their streak going tonight points we know we need them uh, especially at home and especially against Seattle um, we're all competing for for spots now in the playoffs and you know like I said this game is a championship and we know we know what's at stake going into this game well, they're a good team uh, they've got good players and they're on a good run of form but you know we'll concentrate on us you know we've got good players good young players who like to run uh, I've got plenty of energy and we're on a good run as well so we'll look forward to the game Meanwhile, Toronto FC may need to run the table to get into the Eastern Conference playoffs. Defending champs hosting LA Galaxy tonight. All their big guns scoring. Vasquez and Altidore had already scored when Sebastian Jovenko made it 3-0. But then Zlatan Ibrahimovic with a spectacular goal. The spinning side footer. The 500th career goal for Zlatan for club and country. It's got to be up there with one of his greatest. But that guy does not score ugly goals. Usually, things of beauty, and that was right up there. L.A. did tie it 3-3, but the Canadian Jonathan Osorio scores yet again. What a year for him, 5-3 the final, but TFC remained nine back of sixth-place Montreal, who also won tonight. English Premiership, Watford shocking the EPL, jumping out to a 4-0 start. 
tied at the top with big fish Chelsea and Liverpool hosting Man United today, but United quiet the crowd in the 35th. Romelu Lukaku with the subtle move here to chest this one in. 1-0 United, and just a few minutes later off the corner, Fellaini heads it into the box. Chris Smalling one touch, then hammers it in. 2-0 United at the half. Watford did give their supporters something to roar about. Andre Gray smashes one in in the 65th, but Watford fall a goal short, suffer their first defeat, 2-1 to Man United. Roberto Firmino in Liverpool paying a visit to Wembley to take uh, on Tottenham. Liverpool looking to go 5-0. Sadio Mane on the run here, blows past the defender. Across to Firmino, who will put it in. Liverpool now 5-0 after their 2-1 win over Spurs. Ed Nazard and Chelsea tangling with Cardiff City today. Chelsea looking to keep up with Liverpool. We're trailing in the first half until Hazard went to work, dances around the defender, hammers it in to tie it. And then later, more from Hazard as Pedro in full stretch gets a toe on it. Hazard will finish there to net his second 2-1 Chelsea, and then from the penalty spot, Hazard for the hat trick. It's a done deal. 4-1 Chelsea final. They join Liverpool at the top at a perfect 5-0. And Manchester City, the defending champs, at home to Fulham. City, three wins and a draw in their first four. 90 seconds in, Fernandino with the steal to Leroy Sané. Perfect delivery. Sané will knock it in. 1-0 Manchester City. And then later on, Bernardo Silva will help set up David Silva, 50th EPL goal of his career. Raheem Sterling added another 3-0 City. They remain two points back of Liverpool and Chelsea. The Lions look like they will be without Travis Lule for at least four weeks. He separated his shoulder in last night's win at Montreal. It's the fourth major injury Lule has suffered against the Alouettes and all in the month of September, but if all goes well, he could be back for the last couple of games of the regular season. The Lions' defense was a wrecking ball last night, even without Solomon Elamimian, who is sending in the plays. Big game by former Abbotsford High School star Bola Combo sacks Antonio Pipkin, one of seven sacks by the Lion D. And they also had four interceptions, including this big pick six by T.J. Lee that gave the Lions a cushion. They were up 25-14, and then another pick six by Anthony Orange as the Lions resting on their, using their defense for an awesome performance. 32-14 the final. Lions are 5-6, and six, move past Winnipeg into fourth in the West. They host Hamilton next Saturday at BC Place, and we know Jonathan Jennings will get the start. Speaking of great Lions on defense, Brent Johnson inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame today in Hamilton. 89 sacks over 11 standout seasons with the Lions, the most ever. Two Grey Cup wins, most outstanding defensive player in 06, a deserving honor for Johnson. And plenty of big plays in this one. Calgary on the punt return. Terry Williams is going to take this one 83 yards for the touchdown. Stamps take the lead 26-25, and then later in the third, Bo Levi Mitchell is going to wind it up and heave it downfield to Reggie Bagleton, who takes it and then goes all the way. 99-yard touchdown. Stamps win 43-28. Their 14th straight win over Hamilton. Calgary now 10-2, first in the West. Ticats drop to 6-6. Six six. 
Welcome back. The Seahawks will be in Chicago for the Monday Nighter, looking to bounce back after their season opening loss in Denver. The Bears were the victims of that incredible comeback by Aaron Rodgers in their opener. That's why proud Packer fan Chanel is especially happy this week to bring you the Red Zone. The Seahawks head into Monday night, hoping to avoid an 0-2 start for the first time since 2015. Now, last week, Russell Wilson was terrorized by Vaughn Miller. Now he faces another defensive monster in Khalil Mack. But Seattle's problems go much deeper as they head to the Windy City. On a positive note, Wilson did throw for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, and was able to find defensive holes twice throwing for completions of 50 yards or more. But once again, protection was an issue. The Broncos recorded six sacks and constantly pressured the quarterback. Now, if the line doesn't get better, Wilson will be running for his life again. Doug Baldwin is expected to miss a few weeks with a partially torn MCL. Now expect Brandon Marshall and Tyler Lockett to play bigger roles, especially against the Chicago secondary that gave up some big plays last week. As for the ground attack, it needs a jump start. Seattle ran the ball just 16 times and couldn't find a rhythm. The defense posted three interceptions last week that led to 14 points, but overall was pretty inconsistent. He'll have to pressure a young quarterback as Mitch Trubisky was sacked four times and made mistakes when feeling the heat, including fumbling the ball twice. Khalil Mack was a beast, forced fumbles, a sack, and an interception return for a score. And he could be in for another big game against the Seattle side that continues to have problems protecting the quarterback. If he gets loose, Wilson is in for a long Monday night. With their own quarterback still learning, expect the Bears to run the ball often. Jordan Howard had 82 yards on 15 carries versus the Pack. He could be in for another big game against the Seattle defense, still in transition. Now the Hawks have won three straight versus the Bears, but are three-point underdogs. However, since 2013, Seattle is 13-3-1 straight up in primetime matchups. Jay Beagle won his first Stanley Cup last season with the Washington Capitals, and the veteran cashed in big time. Four years, $12 million contract with the Canucks. Not bad cash for a guy who has 51 career goals in 471 games. But he's in Vancouver to show the way for the kids on what it takes to be a champion. I think it's something that's expected. Uh, I've been around for long enough now that when um, someone that even goes to the finals or, or makes it deep even um, comes to your team um, you know it's it, it's an impact in the room and um, so you know you kind of take that upon yourself you know have fun with it I'm just getting to know the guys and great group of guys and um, you know it, it so far has been a lot of fun with these guys. NHL preseason already underway this morning. Calgary Flames in Boston playing a two-game series in China. The Flames roared back from a 3-0 deficit. Mark Giordano with the blast on a two-man power play in the final minute, tied it at three. It went to a shootout. 
And it was Boston prevailing the winning goal coming off the stick of Jake DeBrusque. 4-3 the final Boston wins. Canucks' first preseason game is Tuesday night at Rogers Arena. LPGA Tour from France, fifth and final major of the season, the Evian Championship. Brooke Henderson just two shots back when this third round began. Great approach at the first hole. Got it to within a few feet, led to a birdie, but Brookshot over par today, one over. She's now tied for 16th at five under. American Amy Olson is the leader. Her best hole of the day, this eagle at nine. 14 under par, nine up on Brooke Henderson, final round tomorrow from France. And Davis Cup from Toronto, Canada and the Netherlands in doubles. Final match ever for the legendary Daniel Nestor, now 46 playing alongside Vancouver's Vashik Pospisil. Nestor with the service winner here. Canada got off to a good start, won the opening set, but the Dutch are a pretty good team. They roared back to spoil the party. They won it in four sets, so Nestor's incredible career comes to a close in his hometown. Twelve career Grand Slam doubles and mixed doubles wins, an Olympic gold medal, and the guy who grew tennis in Canada to its current state, which is incredibly bright, especially on the men's side. Canada leads the tie with the Netherlands 2-1. They should be able to win it tomorrow in singles and stay in the world group. But a lot of respect for Nestor, who's like you bet. our age, playing against kids and still doing real well. Speak for yourself. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm rounding, <laughs> rounding up for you and rounding down for me. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. The story now of a feline, fel- feline felon in Delta. Bella the cat has been caught in the act, stealing goods that don't belong to her. Paul Johnson brings us a tale of kitty larceny. <laughs> come here, Bella. You want to come sit with me? If you've ever wondered whether your lovable cat has a devious alter ego, wait until you hear about Sean Bell's relationship okay. with Bella. I've had Bella for 10 years. She's always been a good girl. With easy access from Sean's porch, she's known to prowl the neighborhood most of the night and sleep most of the day, nothing unusual there. But Bella, it turns out, has developed a taste for crime. Pretty much just clothes right now. Sean's now got a small mountain of evidence to prove it. The shirts, toddler's clothes, small towels, and socks. Lots of socks. Though normally we'd spare you the gratuitous pun, Bella is actually, by definition, a cat burglar. Hope she'll cut it out sometime. It is cute, but as I say, it's, it's, I don't want her stealing people's stuff. But even a feline felon isn't immune to that enemy of the 21st century criminal, surveillance video. Here she is busted with a blue sock. Are you proud of what you brought home, huh? Like any hardcore recidivist, Bella is known for certain patterns. In this case, a preference for female clothes, and she's a bit of a glamour puss. Calvin Klein and, and some Oshkosh, you know, some good, good brand names, so she has good taste. No word yet on whether Delta police have opened a case file here. But with the nights getting longer, it's safe to bet Bella will be adding to her stash. Who said crime doesn't pay? Paul Johnson, Global News. Oh, that is adorable. Great better, story. Better than killing birds, right? Yes, yes. That, yeah, that's always fun when your cat 
drink. You know, look what the cat drank. Yeah. yeah. Dead animals. My Much better to cat. have extra socks. Oh, for yeah. sure. My aunt's cat used to bring in snakes. Okay. Oh, not so pleasant. Not so pleasant. No, no. no. Uh, not so pleasant outside, but better than it could have been. Yes, and I wanted to show you this photo that I was uh, chatting about. Karen mm. sent oh. us a shot of what it looked like in Burns Lake. Oh. So uh, a good dusting of snow and a quick check on your five-day oh. forecast. Most areas, especially the northeastern corners of the province, I will note, could see some snow overnight. Yikes. And risk of thunderstorms for us. Crazy. We'll be back at 11. Have a great evening.